Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 15th of September 2010. Finally got back on again. Now, for the newcomers to the show, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and you'll find hundreds of audios for download, hundreds of them that I've put up there over the years and you can help yourself to them, it's free. And while you're at it too, remember that you support me, you're the audience and uh, I generally go in different directions than most uh, uh, of the hosts on, on all the stations. And I, and I, mind you, whatever is said on this particular show is copied by so many too. Because it's a much bigger picture that I give out than the, the naval gazing that's been the standard delivery of even Patriot Radio for many, many years. We've got to understand we're in a global war, and that's what I try to show you, and to show you the groups and organizations that all work together to bring this about. And going to cuttingthreemates.com, you'll see the books and so on I have for sale too. Uh, that's what helps me just uh, trickle over. So purchase them. And in the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use an international postal money order from your post office or a personal check. You can use PayPal to order or donate. If you want to order them, just send a separate email after the PayPal purchase with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it back out to you as fast as I can. Some people just send cash. And outside the Americas, you can always use the same things except for, for a personal check. You can't use personal check to the Americas uh, from Europe, for instance. So you've got to use PayPal for donations or to purchase. Same idea, separate email after the PayPal uh, donation with your name, address, and order. And you can also use MoneyGram or Western Union. And again, some people just send cash. Now, you've noticed that for the last uh, quite some time now, we've had problems with the phones. And before all that happened, I was getting cut off about 29 minutes past 8 every night. And RBN staff managed to trace it through their company, their phone company, to an exchange in Canada. And what they were told was that various computers communicate to each other in the exchange services. And this one just happened to be kind of faulty, but it seems to be only with my number. Isn't that amazing, eh? Because otherwise you'd have millions of Canadians being cut off at the same time, and they'd catch on to that pretty quickly. And then from, from last week... I was waiting for the phone calls, as usual, to get on the show, and nothing was happening. Eventually, I'd phone into the show, and uh, I'd get on maybe ten past eight. Um, that was fine. That, I did that for quite a few nights. That worked. And then, suddenly, um, I wasn't getting through. Now, the odd thing is, RBN, when they're phoning me, can hear my phone ringing, but I can't. And when I phone them, like last night, I can hear them, their phone ringing, but they can't. So there's a big uh, cyber war 
games afoot, you see. It doesn't surprise me because I've had my phone tapped so many times before. In the old days, it was obvious with the older equipments, with the clicks and the, the noises that they would make all the time. Today, it's fairly silent. But believe you me, um, I've read the articles on the air where the, and mainstream articles too, where the Pentagon has admitted they've got cyber teams and now they're going to work on various people they consider dissident to the agenda of the Pentagon. I wouldn't say the U.S. because the average U.S. person doesn't know what is going on with their own governments. So they're working uh, and they're actually using these teams. I know people who've had their computers fried. That's an easy thing to, for them to do. They admit they can do that. And now they're really going Stasi style. So welcome to the new Stasi America for all you listeners out there because it's going to get a lot worse. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. So tonight I'm using a, another number to phone into, and we'll see how long it takes before maybe that one's upset too. Um, as I say, they're going ahead and they are doing this kind of nonsense. Uh, I've had a, I've had uh, personal calls where I've talked about things and gone even further than I do with the radio uh, shows and certain topics that I hit, you cut off immediately. It's just, boom, that's gone. So you do have listeners on the line with some people, uh, some more than others, although everyone's having all their data, including all of their phone calls, uh, automatically recorded and stored for eternity. Uh, and that's a fact. They've actually said that too. It isn't just your emails and so on. Anyone who really believes what they tell you anyway, is they, they deserve what's coming down. They're completely naive, and the naive will never survive anything. They never have in history. That's why it says in the Bible, the meek shall inherit the earth, and it's six foot by four, four foot, and it's six foot deep. That's what you get, and that's a fact. That's what you get when you're meek. Those who want to simply placate your enemies, uh, who are after your blood, always end up in the same place. Doesn't work. That's why the powerful all down through history have, are ruthless, and that's why they get to the top. And that's how they maintain power, not by being nice to people, by being utterly ruthless. And remember, too, in war, they always say that the first casualty of war is truth. Really, the first casualty is integrity, because there's always a conspiracy of those at the top to, to get the whole war going in the first place. They plan it. The next part is the truth. So this, this is an ongoing thing. We never know the real reasons why, why things happen. Um, the CIA admitted during Vietnam that they already had two or three other wars to go down the road. They were working on them during Vietnam. Long-term planning, I always tell you, it's long-term agenda. And the public are taught to believe that things just happen at the time spontaneously and your politicians deal with it. Nothing is further from the truth. Nothing happens on any major scale in your life that wasn't planned a long time ago. Because government cannot act quickly. It doesn't act quickly. Now, here's an article here. There's an example of the lens they go to. Uh, and this is an open um, admission from them. So uh, you can imagine what they're doing covertly, like with the phones. With the phones, they simply have to keep quiet. 
You can have all the evidence you want. You can't prove anything in court because it's covert and it's stealth. And that's what they depend upon. It's the same with the aerial spraying. It's been going on for many, many years now. They simply have to ignore the complaints, tell everybody what a, a condensation trail is, as they always do if you, if you really inquire to government, and, and then whistle in the wind. They just don't have to admit it that they're actually doing it. Here's an article here from The Guardian. This is Pentagon tries to buy entire print run of a U.S. spy expose book called Operation Dark Heart. It says the Defense Department attempts to prevent the book by former intelligence officer Anthony Schaffer from reaching the shops. And this is the 13th of September. It says it's every author's dream to write a book that's so sensationally popular it's impossible to find a copy in the shops, even as it keeps climbing up the bestseller lists. And so it is for Anthony Schaffer, thanks to the Pentagon's desire to buy up all 10,000 copies of the first printing of his new book, Operation Dark Heart, and then they want to pulp it, put it back into pulp. That's what they did with um, Peter Wright from Britain, Margaret Thatcher, uh, grabbed his second book, The A to Z of Spy Catching, took him to the High Court in England, tried to try him for treason, and uh, she pulped all these books. It says the U.S. Defense Department is scrambling to dispose of what threatens to be a highly embarrassing expose by former intelligence officer of secret operations in Afghanistan and Pakistan and of how the U.S. military top brass missed the opportunity to win the war against the Taliban. Well, they don't want to win the war against the Taliban. Last week I mentioned how there was certain troops that were caught blowing up civilians for fun and... um, cutting their fingers off for trophies from the mainstream again. And in one of the little parts that I read, it said that here's a picture of one of them uh, who was standing next to a poppy field. They were guarding a poppy. Why would you be guarding? Why is U.S. troops guarding poppy fields for the opium and the heroin? That's where it comes from. Oh, think, folks, eh? Think. Anyway, it says, um, the Department of Defense is in talks with St. Martin's Press, the publisher, uh, the printer to purchase the entire first print run on the grounds of national security. Some guys just have it so lucky, eh? Other people that they bump off. You know, it's splat, you're gone. But other ones get paid for it. If I was this guy, I'd just keep churning more and more books out with, with, with an extra few things in it, not much. And they'll keep, they'll, they'll keep buying it and make you a, a bestseller each time. That's not a bad deal, eh? You could do that for the rest of your life. Anyway, the publisher is content to sell the books, but the two sides are in a grinding dispute over what should appear in a censored version. That's for the cattle, that's for us that go moo at the bottom, and when it should be released. Now, St. Martin's Press says it will put the partly redacted manuscript on sale next week, whether or not the Defence Department likes it, and there doesn't appear much the authorities can do. Well, it doesn't seem like they want to do too much about it or they'd have done it. The army had cleared the book by Lieutenant Colonel Schaffer about black ops in the Afghan war when he was based in Bagram in 2003 for publication after relatively minor changes. But when the intelligence services and defense department officials saw it, they were alarmed. And so they used your tax money, me, Guy Ritchie. <laughs> they said it contained highly classified material, including the names of American intelligence agents and accounts of clandestine operations and demanded the book be withdrawn on the grounds it could reasonably be expected to cause serious damage to national security. 
So that goes on and on and on with that. So that's the lens to go to for one of their own, you know, who's obviously high up there in the lodge, and uh, he'll get paid well for it. And he is, he has censored the second version, obviously, and they'll all be friends afterwards as he lives in his big mansion, uh, courtesy of your tax money. But what's new, eh? What's really new? Is there anything really new in all this? I wonder. I wonder. Now, remember the articles I read on the show, I put the links up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the show. And you can uh, look them up for yourself. From Wise Up Journal, uh, we've had articles about mind reading and brain reading and all the rest of it from scientists for years. It's low-level stuff they're telling us now, because whenever they tell you something, they're way, way, way beyond it, probably 50 years or more beyond that. Anyway, it says, University Computer Translates Brain Signals into Words, and it's funded by the U.S. Defense Department, again, uh, meaning your tax money once more. And it says that the extract below from the Daily Mail shows that a university can convert thoughts from the human mind to words on a computer screen. Well, the Japs did it too about a few years ago. The article talks about good intentions as always about helping disabled people. They really care about disabled people. They always use that as an excuse to... That's why the Pentagon does this stuff, you see. That's their job is to help disabled, not make them, but to help them. However, the University of, of Utah's website shows who funded the project revealing the defense, which is the police and military intentions behind it. And it says, mind-reading computer that translates thought signals is unveiled by the scientists. The computer that can read human minds has been unveiled. It, it translates thought signals into speech through sensors placed on the brain. Researchers say that in more than 8 out of 10 cases, they were able to work out which word was being thought of without the the subject saying it aloud. We were beside ourselves with excitement when it started working, said Bradley Greger, a bioengineer who led the research at Utah University. It was just one of those moments when everything came together. I'd call it brain reading. Uh, Scientist Stephen Hawking, who suffers from motor neuron disease, has used this method to write books and talk. They attach two small grids of 16 electrodes to the speech centers of the brain of an epileptic patient who had a part of his skull removed for another operation to treat the illness. A computer then recorded the signals in the patient's brain as he repeatedly read each of ten words that might be used or useful to a paralyzed patient, saying such as yes, no, hot, hungry, thirsty, hello, goodbye, uh, more or less. Uh, the patient was then asked to say the words out loud and the computer matched the brain signals for each word with a success rate of between 76% and 90%. They're way, way, way beyond that and at much higher levels, much higher levels. In the 50s, the CIA had gadgets that could make you hear voices in the middle, in the middle of your head, not just voice to skull, like stereo inside your head. And uh, that was shown by Nick Bagage on CBC television back in the 90s. Who, somehow, I don't know who his friends are, but uh, and that should be a question itself, but uh, somebody dumped a whole bunch of these little gadgets that you'd hold in your hand, like a remote a converter for your TV. And he said these were all obsolete. They were from the 1950s. Now, other articles have shown that they could actually uh, dis- destroy the brain signal to the heart. Each time your heart beats... Uh, there's actually a, a pulse originates from a signal uh, that comes from your brain, and they could actually kill you. That's as old as the 50s too. And believe you me, if they, they, they have also got machines which can detect 
basically your thought patterns. If they can detect it, that means they understand thought patterns and words and all the rest of it. It also means they can interject them back into you. In fact, there's a machine supposedly to recorrect people, where if you're having the wrong kinds of thoughts, they can pick them up, alter them in milliseconds, and send them back into your head. This is old stuff, folks. Old stuff. So when they put stuff out in the mainstream in science, it's actually obsolete. All they're doing is research at the bottom level, which meant the searching was done long ago. Anyway, it says, this is proof of concept. It says, we're proving these signals can tell you what the person is saying well above chance. Now, of course, it's all to do with helping paraplegics and people who can't speak, of course. That's why the military-industrial complex has put all these billions of dollars into it. In a totalitarian society, everyone must be predictable. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. I'll put up uh, another couple of mainstream articles too or links for them on the same topic of mind reading for you to have a look at. But again, this stuff is dished out uh, years after they've actually gone way beyond what they're telling you now. I mean, way beyond what they're telling you now. You understand, to control the population, uh, you have to always have them at a state where they think, oh, they can't do that. They're, they're still working on this. And, and they, they believe it all, because reading is from the mainstream news or popular science. They don't get it, that you're meant to believe that you're on the cutting edge and that, that everything's open. And that's how you, you maintain control over the public. You know, back in the, back in the, the, the 20s and 30s, uh, they were, this, the FBI had their own recording machines to burn records of phone calls. The old 33 records, they were burning them on the spot from the 1920s. They didn't release that till about 60, 70 years later. Uh, You'll never be told how far ahead they are. And of course, we know how far the internet is, at least what the the, the garbage they dish out to us with all its rotten programs uh, that you're always fixing. But uh, it's meant really to monitor you. They'll do that very efficiently. Mind you, it needs our cooperation to do so. And most folk don't seem to mind terribly much. Now, the Pope, of course, is in Britain, I think, right now. And it's interesting because one of the aides he's got with him, I don't know if it's a cardinal, I guess, but this is from the Guardian. And it says here, Popes visit aid steps aside after comparing Britain to the third world. Pope Benedict's spokesman insists Cardinal Walter Casper was dropped from UK visits for health reasons. Well, they have to be political, don't they, in this day and age? It says... Um, one of the Pope's two advisors on his visit to England and Scotland has dropped out of his entourage, feeling the publication or following the publication of an interview in which he said that arriving in Britain, you sometimes think you've landed in a third world country. Benedict's spokesman, Father Federico Lombardi, told the Guardian, however, that Cardinal Walter Casper had withdrawn for health reasons. He said the 77-year-old prelate's absence from the Papal Party, which lands in Edinburgh tomorrow at the start of a four-day visit, had absolutely nothing to do with anything else. Well, they better get absolution very quickly, right? Uh, 
Casper, the Vatican's leading expert on relations with the Church of England, made his remark after noting that Britain was a secular and pluralistic country. I mean, it's pretty well atheistic now. And the multiculturalism, you can get voodoo you can, and everything, uh, Wicca, Wicca and whatever, into the army and, and practice. That's okay. Actually, it's probably good for you. You can chop up fingers off dead soldiers and stuff. And um, But Christianity, etc., is out the window with its silly rules. I mean, who wants rules in this day and age, eh? When you've been taught to play and be happy, have fun, and just take uh, your pregnant girlfriends to the abortion factories and all that kind of stuff. Uh, who, who wants rules when you're having fun? Hmm? Cause and effect. You know, a society that doesn't understand cause and effects and are being kept as perpetual children are a conquered society. They don't know it, but they are utterly conquered. You can't uh, stand up for anything if you can't stand up for what's right for yourself, which also affects other people. And it's, it's, it is true that, uh, you know, it's, it's everyone's choice what they want to do. However, when their choice ends up making it more and more atheistic, more and more natural to kill more babies and have them born, and then government, who's all for this agenda and depopulation, start saying, okay, they're, they're gone far enough now, they don't value life anymore, let's go for sterilization. You understand how it, it's, it is just it rollerballs and snowballs along until it does affect everybody. It's not just one person's right to do what they want. That's how it works. That's why even in, in the so-called primitive societies, which are anything but primitive, they all know the taboo rules. Everyone knows them. And it, they've developed them over centuries and thousands of years for the survival of the people. That's what they're for. Out the window, that means you're not surviving, you're conquered. And here's another article here. Now, I've mentioned Bernays many times before, who helped design the American culture of consumerism. He also was a very young lad, I think he's about 22, was asked to go with President Wilson across to France to set up the League of Nations. Uh, now, you don't get these kind of positions just as a, a young fellow with a few bright ideas. He was also the nephew of Freud. And he obviously was taught the, the deeper understanding of human natures, as Freud was himself from much older people who've kept this kind of history and observations in society pretty secret amongst their own enclaves for thousands of years. Anyway, Bernays is a guy who was given the task for the tobacco companies of getting women smoking. Uh, he staged uh, big demonstrations. He hired some of the, the, the top women of his era to make smoking look sexy in public and had it all uh, filmed. He also eventually got the task of getting him to go into the bars and drink, and uh, he was successful with that too. Uh, Since then, and all marketers know this, 90-odd percent of magazines are aimed at women because they're far easier to influence, especially with experts and so on. They believe what they're told more more quickly than men will. Uh, They're also more apt to try something new than men are. Men are far more conservative in nature and um, take a lot more convincing. So I'm going to read an article when I come back about another one on science and how women will believe it more readily than men. Back with more after this.
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. This is an article about how women are more influenced by the propaganda on climate change and so on. It's a study that's been done and it's printed in The Guardian. It says, here, just when you thought the climate debate couldn't get any more divisive, along comes an academic paper which looks into the effects of gender on climate change knowledge and concern in the American public. The headline conclusion, women exhibit slightly higher levels of both than do their male counterparts. Aaron McWrights, an associate professor of Michigan State University Department of Sociology, whose paper is published in the September issue of the journal Population and Environment, examined eight years of data from Gallup's annual environmental poll and found that women tend to believe the scientific consensus of global warming more than men. However, he also discovered that his findings reinforced past research which suggests women lack confidence in their science comprehension. Men still claim they have a better understanding of global warming than women. Do they really? Really? The only ones I hear about that are men are the ones who are getting paid for it at the top. That's their job. Anyway, it says, even though women's benef- uh, beliefs align much more closely with the scientific consensus, he said, McCright added that the gender divide is likely to be explained by gender socialization. Oh, here we go again. Boys learn that masculinity emphasizes detachment, control, and mastery, whereas girls develop traits of attachment, empathy, and care. Really? Really? Uh, you know, these social engineers are something else. And they change their theories. If it comes out in some talk magazine from the top, they all start quacking a new theory just like that. But anyway, what it really is is the fact that women like safety and they like to be reassured. And Adolf Hitler said that too in his own book. He said that women are our main targets of socialist propaganda. He said because women want safety, security for their children and themselves and their family and food and so on. And therefore we must go over the heads of the husbands and there aren't any husbands today, I don't think. But anyway, back in his day there were. And um, it, the, the women will come to us, he says. The children then follow the mother and therefore must follow the man. That's how it worked. And he was only quoting one of the ancient Roman emperors who said the same thing. Cause, so they've always known this technique does work. And uh, because that's what it's all about, it's, it's scary stuff. And I've read their articles from the people involved at the top, the IPCC, and they say, say themselves, they must keep giving the public scary data. That's the words they use, scary data. Otherwise, they'll never get believed. You see? So, that's old stuff to me, but um, it just shows you how they can target groups as well. It's not only that, it's that most women uh, uh, who are teachers, most teachers are women today. And they also want to make sure that the children get highly indoctrinated by the... T- so, you see, you understand, if you're going to have a manager who indoctrinates then the manager himself or herself must be indoctrinated too. That's the best kind of manager you can get, somebody who's a true believer. And then they pass it on to the children. Again, a scientific technique, well understood by those at the top. Now, there's an article here, this is interesting, about, well, you always hear about human trafficking. And a human trafficking ring was caught and operating in and elsewhere, but Hawaii was the main place. And it says here, this, I'll put this link up too, and it says, um, 
Now, you'd be surprised if I told you one of the major players in this ring, who is Israeli national Mordecai Orion, is a big Republican donor. Of course, you wouldn't. More disturbing, this is a left-wing one, you see, so it's, that's a grown left-wing. It wouldn't matter if left or right, they're all the same. Most disturbing, at least to me, in light of the changes, is his affiliation with the Texas Adoption Agency. It turns out that Orion is listed as the President and Business Manager for Adoption Services Worldwide, Inc., a San Antonio, Texas adoption agency active in international adoptions. The website features many pictures of Orion with happy adoptive families. You have to wonder exactly what kind of business services did this Beverly Hills resident provide to his Texas company. He was hoping he wasn't using his control over these trapped and vulnerable workers to coerce them and their families into giving up children for adoption. Perhaps he's simply trying to do something good to make up for all the bad he was doing. I certainly hope so. It says here, from Honolulu, six recruiters from this group were arrested Thursday uh, um, of luring 400 laborers from Thailand to the United States and forcing them to work, according to a federal indictment that the FBI called the largest human trafficking case ever charged in U.S. history. The indictment alleges that the scheme was orchestrated by four employees of labor recruiting company Global Horizons Manpower Inc. and two Thailand-based recruiters. It said the recruiters lured the workers with false promises of lucrative jobs, then confiscated their passports. That's standard technique. They confiscate their passports once they're in uh, and hold by their their, uh, bosses that bring them in, uh, failed to honor their employment contracts and threatened to deport them to keep them living in fear. Once the Thai laborers arrived in the U.S. starting in May 2004, they were put to work and have since been sent to sites in states including Hawaii, Washington, California, Colorado, Florida, Kentucky, Massachusetts, New York, Ohio, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah, according to attorneys and advocates. Many laborers were initially taken to farms in Hawaii and Washington where work conditions were the worst, said Chancy Martorell, executive director for the Los Angeles-based uh, Thai Community Development Center, which represents 263 Thai workers who were brought to the U.S. by Global Horizons. The six defendants include Global Horizons President and CEO Mordecai Orion, 45 years of age, Director of International Relations Prani uh, Tubchompol, uh, 44, Hawaii Regional Supervisor Shane German, 41, and on-site field supervisor Saren Wongi Sanit, 39. The Thailand recruiters were identified as Ratuan Chunharuti and Pojani Sinche. This is a bit way it gets better. In 2006, Global Horizons was implicated for violating labor laws and underpaying 88 Thai workers. Orion initially denied the charges but ultimately settled the case for $300,000. In 2007, Orion legally and unsuccessfully went after a rival. This is what they did, eh? This is, this is how crooks operate. In 2007, this crook here, Orion, legally and unsuccessfully went after a rival labor contractor, Jai and A Contracting, to whom he'd lost one of his biggest clients. According to Fortune magazine, he claimed it was because Jai and A provides cheaper, illegal workers, scooping workers up on street corners by the van load and delivering them to farms, which is exactly what he was doing. He also claimed he had evidence of falsified security cards as proof. In what appears to be a twisted irony, Orion at the time presented himself as a moral crusader against illegal immigration. His lawyer then, David Clem, told Fortune the lawsuit could reflect a new era of accountability 
for employers when it comes to workers. Quite something. And I was reading from an Israeli newspaper. It said what uh, Mr. Ryan did was was uh, internationally illegal, meaning lawfully illegal by the laws, but it was not immoral. And I understand that too from their point of view and their religion. So, so there you go. Uh, this kind of thing goes on all over the world. But mind you, Israel is a big importer of Thai workers now because they're using them instead of using the Palestinians. And they're bringing them in by the thousands to work the farms. Um, there was an article recently in the mainstream too which said that uh, they were now deporting a whole bunch and they got pregnant because they didn't, didn't want to dilute the culture. That's what they said. That's what they said in the Israeli paper. So that's the world for you, isn't it? Quite something, this way this old world turns indeed. Now, I've warned people so many times about Facebook and different things, but people will still continue to use them. Uh, They're gone, those who are gone. People who are gone have never arrived to get lost, you understand. Uh, They've they've been the naive since they were born, well indoctrinated, never questioned anything, and grab at anything that's free, thinking there's all these altruistic people above there, above them, that just want to help them and do things for them, like the founder of Facebook. So this article here, Mail Online, says Facebook boss under fire from murder victim's mother for claiming privacy fears are overblown. The, the founder of Facebook has been branded a disgrace after saying concerns over online privacy have been blown out of proportion. Mark Zuckerberg said, People worried about privacy on the Internet were prone to turning minor issues into as big a deal as possible. He's also the same guy who called them stupid Fs, you know, you know the F word, you know, like fickle. But uh, uh, he, he called the people who sign up with them stupid Fs. Unrepentant about Facebook's response to the controversial issue, he said, we realize that people will probably criticize us for this, lo- uh, for this for a long time, but we just believe that this is the right thing to do. Facebook has been repeatedly attacked for its poor online security in the face of appalling cases involving criminals and pedophiles turning the website to their advantage. Ashley Hall, 17, was lured to her death by killer Peter Chapman, who posed as a teenage boy on Facebook. Ashley's mother, Andrea Hall, from Darlington County, Durham, said last night Mr. Zuckerberg's comments were outrageous. She said his comments were so hurtful to me and my family, bearing in mind what we've gone through, I can't believe he said what he did. It's shocking. He's just a little sick psychopath, a little guy that owns the site, isn't he? He's made it quite clear what he is. But they call him creative psychopath. He knew a quick way to get money by using schmucks. And he was right. Mark Zuckerberg is a disgrace. Privacy is the most important thing. And it may have well, well have saved my daughter's life. Facebook has a responsibility to protect the privacy of vulnerable young people who use it. That is the most important issue. Full stop. So Zuckerberg, who's 26, who's a front guy, obviously, founded Facebook while still a college student, yeah, sure, and has seen it become the world's most popular social networking website with more than 500 million users. He told the New Yorker magazine that privacy was a a third rail issue, a U.S. term which refers to the electric line on a railway and denotes something sensitive. He added a lot of people who are worried about privacy and those kinds of issues will take any minor misstep that we make and turn it into as big a deal as possible. Child protection teams say cases involving bullies and sexual predators have trebled on the websites in the past 12 months. So there you go, trebled in 12 months. In one shocking case, Vanessa George met fellow pervert 
Colin Blanchard and Angela Allen on Facebook before they formed a paedophile ring. George abused dozens of children at the daycare centre she was working in at Plymouth. Alex Dean, director of Big Brother Watch, said, How can Mark Zuckerberg claim that privacy isn't being invaded when we're bombarded daily by companies who've stolen our personal details online? Well, he didn't really stole them. He didn't really steal them. You gave them to him. Huh? Privacy online is being invaded in a hundred different ways, and Facebook are at the forefront of that invasion. Well, that tells you who's really, who really set up the company that this little Zuckerberg is fronting for. They love these rags to riches story that always lies, you know. If this issue wasn't so worrying, Zuckerberg's hypocrisy would be amusing. So, it says here, despite a huge public outcry, Facebook earlier this year refused to install a panic button for children to alert police to pedophiles. It eventually caved in under intense pressure. The company recently came under attack for launching a new stalker button, which allows users to track another person's every move. But yeah, it's really a private organized. I'll let, I'll let all the incredibly naive, irredeemable people believe that forever, because, well, what can you do, eh? What can you do? Hmm? And then, too, something I noticed a while back on those who were using the Internet years before I had to touch it. And I only started touching it because I was doing radio shows. And even then, I, do, I use it as little as possible. And I don't go surfing all over the place. And I don't fall in that stupid, uh, idiotic con of most people who saw this, they then looked at this. I don't follow that and go around in circles. That's your nudges, you see. Done by Sunstein and co. This is September the 10th, 2010. How the Internet makes us stupid, it says. Uh, Nicholas Carr inspired to write the book after he realized that he was losing his own capacity for concentration and contemplation. The stimulation of the digital age is changing the makeup of our brains with potentially dangerous results, writes Nicholas Carr. I don't, I don't know if you realize that when you think about things and concentrate, it's like learning to type. Pathways are created in your brain. Pathways. It's the same with everything else that you start concentrating on and working on. It says, although the World Wide Web has been around for 20 years, it's hard to imagine life without it. I can imagine it, because I remember it. It has given us instant access to vast amounts of information, and we're able to stay in touch with friends and colleagues more or less continuously. Well, who wants to? You want to have perpetual noise in your head? Anyway, back to our dependence on the Internet has a dark side. A growing body of scientific evidence suggests that the net, which is with its constant distractions and interruptions, is turning us into scattered and superficial thinkers. No kidding. He said, I've been studying this research for the past three years in the course of writing my new book, The Shallows, How the Internet is Challenging the Way We Think, Read and Remember. But my interest in this subject is not just academic, it's personal. I was inspired to write the book after I realized I was losing my own capacity for concentration and contemplation. Even when I was away from my computer, my mind seemed hungry for constant stimulation. For quick hits of information, I felt perpetually distracted. Could my loss of focus be a result of all the time I've spent online? In search of an answer to that question, I began to dig into the many psychological, behavioral, and neurological studies that examine how the tools we use to think with our information technologies shape our habits of mind. The picture that emerges is troubling, at least to anyone who values the subtlety rather than the speed of human thought. People who read text studied with links, the studies show, comprehend less than those who read words printed on pages. 
People who watch busy multimedia presentations remember less than those who take information in a more sedate and focused manner. People who are continually distracted by emails, updates, and other messages understand less than those who are able to concentrate. And people who juggle many tasks are often less creative and less productive than those who do one thing at a time. And that's true. And uh, uh, maybe about a month or so ago, I mentioned a particular um, uh, DVD that's up there. It's up on YouTube or somewhere. I might find the name tonight and put it back up again, which showed you the actual testing of young children and how they really believe they're multitaskers. They really truly believe it. And yet when they tested them, they all failed miserably for efficiency, all of them. Says the common thread in these disabilities is the division of attention. The richness of our thoughts, our memories, and even our personalities hinges on our ability to focus the mind and sustain concentration. Only when we pay close attention to a new piece of information are we able to associate it meaningfully and systematically with knowledge already well established in memory, writes the Nobel Prize winning neuroscientist Eric Kandel. Such associations are essential to mastering complex concepts and thinking critically. Well, they don't want people who think critically because you might, you might start questioning everything and realizing you're living in hell <laughs> with the stasi running your lives. Getting worse too. Since when we're constantly distracted and interrupted, as we tend to be when looking at the screens of our computers and mobile phones, our brains can't forge the strong and expansive neural connections that give distinctiveness and depth to our thinking. Our thoughts become disjointed, our memories weak. Back with more after these messages. I'm back to cut through the matrix and the name of that uh, video is Digital Nation Digital Nation, I think it was first put out by Public Broadcasting and that's a good expose on what the computer does to your old brain box It's interesting too that uh, the Roman philosopher Seneca said 2,000 years ago to be everywhere is to be nowhere and people, that's where people folk are today they're all over the map but nowhere at all now, there's a caller there uh, from British Columbia. It's Alex. Are you on the line, Alex? Yes, I am. Yes, go ahead. Hi. Um, I was just calling to uh, comment on the uh, censorship you've been going through recently. Yeah. And um, a lot of uh, people in lower levels of activism that aren't as prolific as the radio show hosts and stuff um, have ex- been experiencing this in tremendous and uh, alarming Increasing mm-hmm. amounts. Yes. Um, over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so we're we're basically, um, you know, we're very familiar with what's happening to you, and um, a lot of our groups of people that that talk on the internet and on the phone and just in person, mm-hmm. all uh, want to support you and make sure that you stay on the radio no matter what. Well, that's the battle, isn't it? Because it takes so much time just to get on the radio now, and all the things you have to do and for every measure they're bringing against you, you try to find a way around it. You're constantly reprogramming computers that they crash on you. Uh, that's deliberate too. It's easy for them to do. 
Um, so you're quite right, and a lot of people have been. Even your service providers get the nudge to to interfere with you, and you've had that too, I'm sure. Uh, but I've had it here with the, the, the ExploreNet that literally put a choke on me to upload Yahoo. I put the email from Yahoo on my website to let people see, telling me they put a choke on me too, even though I'm paying for unlimited bandwidth. Uh, so uh, they're really going. Yeah, they're really going to town if you're not authorized to be one of their boys uh, putting out disinformation. They really go for you. And the, what's next? Well, it can only be worse, as you well know. There's many, many worse things that they can actually do to use this step at top. Yeah, well, um, I've got a, a printout from Shaw Cable here in uh, Victoria, British Columbia, where I was getting my telephone um, cable vision and Internet service until it didn't work anymore. They weren't concerned I wasn't getting it. It took them six months to give me a printout of my, my history of comments, which is just a simple hit, print, and send. Yeah. Um, they doctored it for six months, and I got it, and it was 95% whitewashed, mm-hmm. missing over 30 comments about dropped phone calls, just like you're experiencing. That's right. One of which was the first time I experienced it. It stopped my radio uh, station for the, the Canadian Coalition of the Walking Wounded from yeah. hitting the air. So mm-hmm. there you are. <laughs> yes. And how do you get on with that video? You're putting that video up, aren't you? On oh, yeah, the phone calls. What with the black uh, fog and chemtrails, yeah, like we 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 took took another one last night and we're putting that one up right now, mm-hmm. and it shows jet black material in the sky. That is eerie. What what is your website? It's called Joker Tattoo. It's on uh, on YouTube. J o k e r t a t t o o o. So there's three O's on the end of it. Okay. And you can just look up black chemtrails, black fog trails, or. Whatever. We've actually got a shot of uh, five of them in the ocean mm-hmm. in straight lines, just like you see in the sky. So it's a kind of relatively new thing for me, but they may have been doing it for a while. I just didn't notice. Yeah, they were doing it here, and sometimes I'd see the black ones cut through the clouds and go lower. Black, yep. That's right. But thanks for calling, Alex. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. I'll send you an email later. Sure enough, thanks. Well, from Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, where we made it through another night. It's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.